Today's show is brought to you by Delicious Obsessions. Real food, real life, and real delicious. Deliciousobsessions.com. You're listening to the Mountain Woman Radio Show, which can be found on our website at treyerwilderness.com and also on iTunes. Welcome to the Mountain Woman Radio Show, where we are homesteading traditionally 100% off-grid today and offering preparedness and survival tips for tomorrow. Here's your host, Tammy Treyer. Welcome, everyone. So much for joining me today. It is a glorious day here in northern Idaho. It is beautiful and sunny. We've had four days of rain, so this is just a beautiful day to be out and about. The Mountain Boy is out filming some videos that will be coming your way soon. And uh, the Mountain Man is out in the woods somewhere also, probably putting together some other materials for you. But I am joined today with an absolutely amazing guest. I am so honored to have this guest join me. Um, And I'd like to dedicate today's show to all of our patriots and all of those in our military, past and present, who have fought for our freedoms, who have sacrificed. Our show is dedicated to all of you. And uh, I just thank you so very much for your efforts and your fighting for our freedom because we wouldn't have what we have today without you and you are important and I'd also just like to um, thank my guest also today's guest is Robert Vera he is the author of A Warrior's Faith and I would just like to thank him off the bat for such an inspirational book we just finished his book as a family and it is just beyond amazing. If there's any book that I can recommend to you to get in your hands, this is it. And you know I recommend books all the time, but this one really touched home. It uh, really had just a very powerful story. And um, without further ado, Robert, thank you so, so much for joining me today. Uh, Tammy, thanks for having me. It's really an honor to be here with you. And thanks for that introduction and for honoring our veterans. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Our veterans mean a lot to us, and we have many friends that are veterans, and they're, they have a very important role. <laughs> yeah, so why, why don't I tell your listeners a little bit about the story in the book and why I wrote it and um, what I hope um, for the book to achieve. Absolutely. So um, <clears throat> if those of you listening who have read the book or seen the movie American Sniper, you may be familiar with the the person Ryan Job. His character was Biggles in the movie um, American Sniper. Chris Kyle, who was the subject of of American Sniper, the movie, and wrote wrote the book American Sniper. He dedicated the book to Ryan Job. Ryan and he served together on SEAL Team Three. And um, Ryan, if you've seen the movie, then um, you've seen part of this. It's really yeah, for Hollywood purposes. I think it, the movie American Sniper they can sort of constructed time to sort of condense it. So you see Ryan Job, his name is Biggles, he's on a roof, and he is shot in the face by a sniper. Um, 
that's what happened to Ron. He was, um, him and Chris Kyle were on a rooftop in Ramadi, Iraq on August 2nd, 2006. They were providing uh, cover for their SEAL team below, which was working from house to house, clearing the house of um, enemy insurgents in the city of Ramadi. Um, and uh, a sniper, Ryan, was uh, was working with Chris. He was facing east on the rooftop into the sun. Sniper was um, pointed directly at Ryan. And um, uh, sometime after 8.30 in the morning, uh, Ryan was shot. At that point, um, Chris Kyle was on the other side of the roof, and I actually spoke to Chris about that that moment um, because there is a strategy that snipers use to um, to lure out their prey. Um, they'll shoot one person, wait till the help comes, and shoot all the responders, you know, one by one. And I asked Chris, you know, were you scared at that point? Because Chris was the only one on the roof. He knew the sniper had uh, made a shot. He called down to his SEAL teams. Uh, SEAL members down below the team, and they were okay. And then he called over to Ryan, and Ryan was unresponsive. He knew something was wrong. And Chris told me that he was terrified, that he knew that um, that he was going to get shot, and that he'd be useless to himself and, and everybody else if he got himself shot on the other side of the roof. So he said if he was going to get shot, he'd be, he'd be getting shot helping Ryan. And he ran to Ryan, turned him over, and found... Ryan had, in fact, been had been shot in the face by a sniper. It was an egregious wound. With um, the right side of his face was pretty much open from his lip to his forehead. His eye was gone. His orbital floor was smashed, and um, you know he was bleeding out and convulsing. He Chris made an urgent call to the SEAL team below, which you know, to their credit, ran up to the roof. Now there's a firefight. Um, they're providing cover. Another SEAL, Mark Lee who sadly was killed that very same day pursuing the enemy that shot Ryan, stood in the exact spot where Ryan was shot and provided cover fire. Chris stood adjacent to, to Mark and provided cover as well, while Ryan's medic and his lieutenant commander um, worked on Ryan to, to literally save his life. Um, after you know, a few minutes of working on him, Ryan actually came to and um, sat up and said he was okay. Which I think left everybody in shock, and um, and uh, so they literally, you know, his lieutenant commander kind of pulled him up, and Chris tried to carry him, and Ryan kind of recognized. He told me he was sort of knew what was going on at that point, and um, asked to be put down, and and literally evacuated himself off a rooftop under his own power down to an awaiting Bradley. Yeah, and um, just incredible. <laughs> So that's where the story begins, um, where Ryan, now, he survived his wound, obviously, and, um, however, he's rendered totally blind. And um, I, I learned all this, by the way, you know, through a, a mutual friend introduced me to Ryan, I learned this whole story one day over overpriced coffee, just sitting with Ryan, as he matter-of-factly sort of told us the story and showed us his prosthetic eye with a... Navy SEAL trident fashioned out of the pupil. And then he asked me, you know, hey, I've heard you've done a few of those Ironman triathlons. I'd love to do one of those. And by the way, um, I got an opportunity to climb Mount Rainier. You want to train with me? <laughs> and I was just literally like, I was like, does this guy even know he's blind? I mean, he um, was just, I was just, it was just such a, 
a challenge that I was like, yeah, love, we're going to do this. Yeah, let's go train. So that began a friendship um, that, you know, between myself and Ryan that lasted until the day he died. Um, you know, he's just such an inspirational person. I just loved spending time with him and just, you know, training together and just, you know, having a friendship with him. Was, uh, you, you really, are, uh, you know you have somebody special in your life when there's a guy like Ryan Job who is just up for anything, really highly motivated, greatest sense of humor, never a bad day, or at least if he had him, he didn't let you know. He's just a great, great guy. Ah, that's so incredible. You're giving me goosebumps just because, you know, there's, there's not many people in this world like that, you know, that have that power, you know, and, and to have lost what he lost, you know, in Iraq, you know, it didn't impair him at all. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was incredible to me to hear, you know, what, I finished the manuscript and um, I sent it to my editor and she called me back and asked, you know, did he ever bemoan the fact that he was blind? <laughs> and, you know, I didn't want to answer it right away, so I just said, I'll call it back, you know. So a couple of days later, I thought about it and I called it back and, he said, and I said, no, Ryan never once, he may have had some bad days, he never let me, you know, I wasn't there for him or he just didn't let me know. Right. Um, but he, one time he said to me, that he was grateful that he was the one who was shot, that he was the one who was blind because he could take it. Yeah. He was grateful that um, that it was him, and he was grateful for all the people that came to him in his life, including me, you know, that I was humbled by that, that <laughs> he was grateful for the opportunities that, that came to him and that, um, you know, he, he was going to be the best blind person in the world, and I think he was. <laughs> but Ryan, you know, one of the things I really admired about Ryan is that he outright refused to be a victim mm -hmm. in any way, shape, or form. Yep. He would not wear the label of victim. He did not want to be, you know, he would not wear a label of disabled. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he just refused to be a victim in any sense of the word. He just, you know, he, if you were having a conversation with Ryan, he'd look at you, he'd estimate where your eyes are, he'd have a conversation looking directly at you. He was engaged and, you know, he understood sort of what was going on in the world. He would watch football games and, you know, listen to them and know where sort of things were on. He was more attentive um, to, to sort of the world around him than most people I know. Um, you know, and one person even asked, I mean, you know, I was sitting there having a conversation with Ryan, this other person, and, um, you know, Ryan had taken a phone call and turned away, and the person asked me, is your friend really blind? I was like, no, he's blind. This is his eye. I mean, yeah, he can't see. But he um, just refused to be to be a victim. He just was, um, you know, that, that type of attitude was just inspirational. I think, um, you know, July of 2008, Ryan Jobe summited Mount Rainier, totally blind. That's just incredible. I mean, just, uh, yeah, I mean, I've climbed Rainier several times, and just, you know, one, on my last time I climbed, I was near the top, and I decided that I was going to experience what Ryan did, and I closed my eyes. Yeah. And, you know, by the way, it wasn't that much fun closing my eyes, but um, <laughs> it it was really like a sensation that I, I, you just, I couldn't keep them closed. It was too dangerous a feeling that I just had to open them up, and the faith and trust that it takes to do that was, I think, you know, for Ryan, he just sort of took it for granted, but... Um, I, I just couldn't do it. I mean, it was really difficult knowing what obstacles lay in front of me right. and what would happen if, you know, I misstepped. Right. Um, it was too much for me not to um, open my eyes. I needed to, to see what was going on. Yeah, 
Yeah. And that's just so powerful. It's such a powerful person to know that, you know, uh, to have that inner power and strength, you know, I, I'm a true believer. And I've said this many times on my show that things don't happen by coincidence, that people don't cross our path by accident, that everything in this world happens truly for a reason. And, you know, sometimes, we don't always know the reasons and we don't always know the, uh, understand the circumstances, but you know, Ryan, Ryan became for me reading your book and, and understanding things. Ryan became more powerful of a person being blind than he was not being blind. And, and his reach was just incredible. And that's just, it was just, it's, it's one of those books, folks, that you need to have tissues nearby. And, and that's a good thing. It's, it really, in, in, it, it gets you inside. It touches you in such amazing ways, not bad ways. And it's not a bad thing to cry, regardless if you're a man or a woman. <laughs> it's powerful. Yeah, I mean, Ryan made me cry a few times, you know. Like, I, I'll just tell you, you guys one story that you talk about being a believer. <laughs> so I guess my greatest prayer to God is, you know, show me a sign. Yeah. Something so unmistakable. Yeah. You know, it can be nothing. I can confuse it with nothing but you, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I've, you know, sort of offered that prayer up, you know, pretty much my entire life, right? Just waiting for a sign, you know. Yep. So one day me and Ryan are just out hiking, you know, and we used to wake up real early because it gets hot here in Phoenix and, um, wake up real early, go out and hike. So I'd pick them up before sunrise. We'd go out. So we're out around this hill, around the around the Phoenix area, and we, we stomp up the hill once. We'd come back down. we stomp up again. we pass everybody both times. <laughs> and going up, I got my hand on his shoulder, you know, because he can't see, right? So I, um, we're going past everybody. And it's crowded because everybody does the same thing. They want to get up before it's, you know, real hot here. And um, so... Um, I got my hand on my shoulder, we're going up, we pass people twice, we're coming back down, and, um, you know, the sun's up now, and you can see why I got my hand on Ryan's shoulder, and talking to him on the way up the hill past him, and I can see the scar on his face, (laughs) and I can see his eyes are closed, and I know he's blind, (laughs) and then they all just start clapping, (laughs) I mean, all the way down the hill, they just all start clapping, you know? You know, nice job, and this, you know, you know, saying words of encouragement to him, and he has no idea what's going on. <laughs> and he asked me, and I can't tell him because I'm choked up, you know. And uh, so we're getting near the bottom, and it occurs to me that all these years I'm asking God for a sign, and I got this guy Job leading me down the mountain. Not by his sight, but by his faith. <laughs> and all these people are clapping around me. And right then it occurred to me, you know, I don't believe I know there's a God. There's no way that we could have been um, in that, that place together. Yeah. No possible way that that could have happened um, without some type of divine intervention absolutely and uh but yeah i mean i told ryan that afterwards i i called him and said hey you know i just gotta tell you what was going on there on the mountain (laughs) and i said they were clapping for you you know and uh it was just an emotional experience you know that i told him they had no idea what happened to you on the hip on the 
on the roof. Yeah. No idea what happened to Mark Lee. Nice. No idea what, the struggles you've been through up to this point. Yeah. All they really know is some blind dude just stomped past them a couple times on this mountain. <laughs> yep. Oh. <laughs> and, um, so amazing. So, so amazing. It was amazing. I mean, just, just, I mean, just really, like, special guy, you know, just to, to um, have that person as part of your life, you know what I mean? To be... Um, to be so motivating to you and, and inspiration to have a friend like that. Yeah. It's just, and, you know, just humble and just just a great guy. Just really fun to be around. Just really, you know, just, just a great guy, fun to train with. I, I literally think we, I was faster with a blind guy running, biking, you know. I was faster with him than I was by myself. That's you know, we were We were better together than we were alone. You fed off of each other. That's just so awesome. And there's there's more you can share on that. I'd like to take a short break to hear some words from our sponsors, but I'd like to come back and touch on that. So stay tuned. We'll be right back, folks. The new Pioneer Magazine, taking the skills and techniques of yesteryears and combining it with solar, hydroponics, and various other advancements of today, creating the most robust pioneering magazine on the market. In addition to the new Pioneer magazine, they also have available the American Frontiersman magazine, taking you back to a more primitive time, and both magazines can be found at newpioneermag.com. Get your copies today and be prepared for tomorrow. Do you have a loved one, or are you suffering from celiac disease or a gluten intolerance? Trying to find that perfect flour? Whether you are baking cookies, flaky pie crusts, or baking breads from scratch, or you are looking for a quick cake from a package, Look no further. Better Batter offers non-GMO gluten-free products with an assortment of packaged items as well as flour packaged in varying sizes, including their bulk sizes, perfect for those of you that are practicing your preparedness skills. Better Batter's not just another gluten-free flour. It's what you have been searching for. Visit betterbatter.org. Do you have your free digital subscription to Prepare Magazine yet? If not, then hurry over to preparemag.com and start getting each monthly issue sent directly to your inbox. It's easy. All you have to do is go to preparemag.com, enter your name and email address, and you're subscribed. Consider signing up for the premium membership for past issues and exclusive resources. You can even subscribe to the beautiful print version of Prepare Magazine. Visit preparemag.com and choose the option that's most valuable to you. Prepare Magazine, encouraging, empowering, and enriching your journey. Okay, we are back, and again, we are visiting with Robert Vera, author of A Warrior's Faith, and this is just such an incredible interview, so powerful, so touching, and we were just talking about how he and Ryan Job uh, were out hiking in the morning in Arizona, and how they received an incredible response to Ryan just pummeling up this mountain up and down past people left and right and just how he operated in life being blind and nobody would know it if they weren't paying attention. So being that you just said, Robert, that, you know, you guys were more powerful as a team, um, you've created and have moved forward in your life, utilizing a lot of things that you and Ryan together created, correct? Yeah. I mean, I wanted to, um, I wanted to really honor, you know, Ryan's legacy, what he meant to me, and and really share, you know, what, um, you know, what what uh, what I thought was really important um, about Ryan, what I admired. But I mean, I just want to tell people what you know. The word hero is thrown around a lot and used a lot, yes. and um, 
you know, I, I really thought about that a lot, what, what a hero is. And, um, and a hero is somebody who acts greater than their past. Ryan would not be a victim of his past. He would not, you know, use that past as an excuse not to achieve or to move forward. Heroes, they act greater than their environment. They're not controlled by the outside world. They're not products of their environment. And lastly, heroes act greater than the way that they feel. Hmm. I mean, I think that, you know, we all don't feel, you know, like doing certain things, but we do it anyway. And um, that's heroic. And I I thought that that's really the three things that we admire about all our heroes. And that's what I admired about Ryan Job. You know, he acted greater than his past, his environment, and the way he felt, and he moved forward in life. I know that he was probably insecure about certain things, and he didn't let that, you know, get to him. He didn't let that um, preclude him from from moving forward. I knew he was, you know, probably didn't feel like doing certain things and, you know, probably self-conscious about certain things. I mean, literally, this is a guy who was at the top of the military food chain one day, and he's asking me to take him to the men's room the next. So, I mean, those things are are humbling. But Ryan never, ever gave a hint of um, indignation or of um, of any way, any any way, he, he didn't seem any. He was grateful, and um, that's how he lived his life. But yeah, I think that you know, um, I wanted to be able to to communicate to others, you know, what Ryan's legacy was to me. That's why I did the book. I wanted to honor Ryan, and I wanted to share some of the things that you know. There's the organization that took Ryan on Mount Rainier as Camp Patriot. And I just want to speak a little bit about that, yes. because this is important to me in, in two ways. You know, I think we've all by now heard this statistic that 22 veterans a day are committing suicide. Yeah. I believe that's perhaps the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. And, you know, the problem I have with that is I, I actually do believe that the VA is doing the best that they can. And that's the problem that I have. That's the best, right? Yeah. And there's 22 veterans a day killing themselves. The problem is is that the VA is not offering the right type of treatment programs and or veterans are just not accessing the programs that there are. Coupled with that, I think the VA's approach is primarily a pharmacological one. If you really look at the antecedents of suicide, and I've thought about this a lot, that, you know, I think suicide is a condition of hopelessness. And I'm not sure there's a pill that you can take to cure hopelessness. And so I've decided that what what does sort of cure hopelessness or leads to a cure is the right relationships in your life. Certainly my relationship with my Savior Christ is the right relationship, a vertical one. But also I think organizations like Camp Patriot represent the right relationships. Look, I've climbed right near with wounded veterans. When you're tied to a guy with one leg, let me tell you something. You've got a relationship with them, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and um, it's a trusted one, by the way. Yeah. And Camp Patriot is wonderful in the sense that it allows for those relationships to occur or to happen. They're not forced. And, it, and at that, you know, whether you're out hunting with somebody or fishing or climbing a mountain or visiting the ranch in Montana, Montana I mean, you have an opportunity to build a relationship, a trusted relationship. I believe the right relationship with somebody. And um, I think that our veterans deserve that. Yeah. 
So that's what Camp Patriot. Um, that's what it does. I mean, it, it uses the the um, you know the sort of the ranch and these outdoor recreational therapy programs to create a relationship, which I think is the first step in, in treating hopelessness. And then you know after that, whether you know Camp Patriot can become a conduit to um, to you know additional healthcare resources and or um, you know uh, employment education, in which it has been. Um, for veterans that have come through. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, we had uh, Pat Kenny join me on the show a couple months back, and he talked about Camp Patriot. I have not had the privilege of in-person meeting Micah, but I've uh, corresponded with Micah, and they just, it's an amazing program they have, and um, even reading more on it in your book, really, oh, it just makes you want to donate your time and just really get out there and, and be a part of things because hope, hopelessness can be cured. Unlike some of the other diseases and ailments that people have, that can be cured and it's just reaching out. And, and, you know, that's something that I talk about with my audience a lot is just doing a deed a day, you know, smiling to somebody in the grocery store who looks like they're having an unusual day. You know, you don't know how powerful that smile can be, you know, being, being that person at the right place at the right time. And it's a simple act. It's a simple act of kindness. So, you know, we can attempt to do that every day, but it's such an amazing thing that there are organizations out there that are reaching out to our veterans because I feel our veterans are so extremely valuable and so extremely discredited a lot of the time. And I, I think it's an amazing program that they ha- they offer, and I think it's awesome that you got to participate in it. That's just so awesome. Yeah, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Michael Clark, who you mentioned, is the executive director of Camp Patriot. He founded it back in 2005. I, I think that, that um, yeah, I mean, more there are obviously more programs like Camp Patriot and others that offer hope and opportunity, but I do think that, you know, the... The idea of just having a relationship with somebody um, and offering them, hey, you can come to our, you know, to our place here, or you know, just having that relationship. I, I do think that um, you know, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Yes. And everybody that you meet, everybody, me, you, everybody, all our listeners out there, right. I mean, they're all going through some crisis, big yeah. or small, all the time in their life, and. Um, you know, that's just the human condition. And um, so uh, these things are, are not unusual or uncommon. What is uncommon is that our veterans, the people who have served this country, who have sacrificed um, themselves and their families have sacrificed, yes. are disproportionate and, and um, you know, taking their own life. Yeah. And there must be a feeling of de- desperation and isolation there. Yeah. And I think that um, it's probably exacerbated by a VA who... Um, you know, is is allegedly doing their best, you know, to try to service these veterans, and it's just not working. So, mm-hmm. uh, and, frank, and frankly, I don't want the government to do any more. Right. I'll take it upon myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I I'd rather donate my time, my resources to to assist, you know, our veterans communities, uh, veteran community who would like to participate in these things, and and who generally, you know, wants a relationship to better themselves and to you know, to move forward in life. I'm, I'm more than willing to do that. I've been given a great opportunity in this country and I'm willing to pay back in, in that way. That's so awesome. So awesome. And agreed. Agreed. Well, you also have another program that you um, put together with the training that you and Ryan um, 
daily. Yeah, Ryan and I, uh, yeah, we, we call it the Ryan Job Navy SEAL Challenge. And uh, Ryan and I do this workout in his apartment, um, you know, a couple of days a week to um, to train for Mount Rainier. And uh, so it, it literally got made into a um, fundraising program that went across the globe as far away as Australia and Afghanistan. And people just, you know, purchased a Ryan Job Navy SEAL Challenge T-shirt and did the program and donated um, you know, to Camp Patriot to um, to participate, and I think they got a feel for sort of the um, really the vigor of Ryan Job. You know, it was a tough training program. Um, we did it together, and you know, he, he you know he did it blind, and it was just amazing. So, I, so people across the globe have, have done it. We we typically have done it on Ryan Job's birthday, which was this past March 11th, okay. and uh, to raise money for Camp Patriot. But it's been a you know a great cause, and I think people really enjoyed participating in it, and. Um, it really feeling a part of Ryan. It was, uh, I think, a lot of fun. And groups have done it, you know, from, like I said, CrossFit gyms, other gyms, just been a lot of fun. I think this year we're going to hold it sometime later on in the year so more people can can participate in it. The book has really stirred a lot of interest in it, and that um, so people have asked to be able to sort of do it as solidarity um, session, you know, with their groups, you know, uh, later on in the year. So I think that's going to happen. Awesome. Awesome. I would love to know about that when that uh, comes about, because uh, we would certainly love to get involved as well. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I love to, I have to jump back a little bit. That really, your book is one of those books that makes you laugh and cry and just stirs emotions. And there were so many times we were we were chuckling at some of the incidents that you and Ryan had. And I, I thought it was really cool that he did have his prosthesis eye done with the trident that's that's pretty wild <laughs> yeah it was funny i mean there's i'll just share like one funny story that we had in the book i wrote about in the book and and funny things would happen to me and ryan every day um but so we it was august we we couldn't take his guide dog trey to the store we were just going to pick up two things for a gift for his wife's birthday just two things this is great and um <laughs> Yeah, so I get you know I pick him up. We uh, and and I would just guide him, you know, in the store like I got him on the hill, just my hand on his shoulder. It was just easier to walk like that, and he's, we could walk at the same pace and talk. So, two things on the list. I mean, so we go and get the first item. It's just a neck pillow, a travel neck pillow from Sharper Image. You know, check, got it done. You know, on target. Let's go. We're strutting across the mall. <laughs> to get the next item, we go past the food court. I got my hand on his shoulder. We're walking, and I, I don't know what Ryan said. We're laughing, whatever. So we pull up to the you know front desk of the body shop, <laughs> and I look at the woman, and she's like looking at me like kind of weird. All of a sudden, I like I just it just occurs to me I'm about to ask her where I can find a lavender massage oil, and I got my arm around Ryan. <laughs> So I, nothing comes out of my mouth because I'm like, wait a minute, this is, she's going to, and nothing comes out. And Ryan senses that there's something going on. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what, we could just turn around right now and tell him with the clothes. He'll never know the difference. <laughs> if I were standing right there, I mean, you know, I'm right, and she's like right across the aisle, I mean, right across the desk from me. My mouth's open. She's just smiling at me. And Ryan turns to me and say, says, 
What's wrong? Is somebody looking at us? <laughs> I, I didn't know what to say because I'm thinking we should just... Then, then all these things start going through my head. Like, what? Like we got the list. And you know how guys shop. Like, you don't go off the list, right? You just stay on the list. You know, you can't, like... I'm thinking, like, what do we get her off the list? You can't... So all these things are rolling around in my head. And I... She... This woman is just staring at us. And finally, I just say, look... Uh, you know, not that this means anything, but, you know, we, uh, this is my friend and he's blind and we're just looking for a gift. And Ryan holds up his hand and says, yeah, we're married. <laughs> I was like, no, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on a second. Um, he, I'm married to Catherine. You know, he's married to stuff. You know, but look, we just need to know where we can find some lavender massage oil. <laughs> so... Uh, anyway, we got it. It was so Ryan didn't say anything to me. I didn't say anything to him. We, I put my arm around. We walk out, and uh, we get to the car. And he turns to me. He said, "You know, you're not my type. And by the way, you're ugly." And um, but I, I like Ryan had never. Like, I, when I met Ryan, he's he was blind, so he had never seen my face. Right. Like he never never knew who I was. But those things would happen to us. Often the people, they, you know, just be these weird, like, how do we get into this situation, you know? And just with Ryan Job, it was always an adventure. I was just, <laughs> but those things were just hilariously funny. And then and, and just, I, I didn't, you know, it didn't never occurred to us that <laughs> this may be unusual. Like, it just didn't seem at all like. I mean, we were just friends, you know. Right. I, I, he was blind. It was just easier to walk like that. Right. I didn't think anything of it. And he either did he. You know, we just... <laughs> just did you it. Know, just didn't think that, like... Um, but it was just, I guess, to other people, it seemed unusual. And that that sort of shocked us in a way. Like, um, right. But those things would happen. You know, never, it was no big deal. We kind of just laughed about it. But, uh, yeah, so that was uh, Ryan Job. He just really just... Uh, just fun to be around. Just, uh, you know, I just I'll, I'll tell for for listeners. I, and you and I talked about this before. Yeah, uh, Tammy, that um, the book when I, I finished, for, you know, um, writing the book, and um, obviously there's a, you know, I, I never really knew anybody with the last name of Job except for the Job in the Bible. Right. And um, I, I remember, you know, finishing the book. I reread it, and then I went and read the book of Job again, and it occurred to me that. You know, when I wrote the book, I divided it into three sections, tested, transformed, and redeemed. Right. And it occurred to me that the book of Job is is divided into those very, you know, three sections. Right. And um, Ryan and I often joked about the fact that his namesake, Job, and he had a similar circumstance in life. They were both, you know, really tested yes. and suffered. And, um, and there, there was one time that, you know, we laughed about it when... I said, you know, Ryan, you know what I love about the book of Job? And he said, uh, what? <laughs> and um, I said, you know, the devil allows Job, to, you know, to be, I mean, God allows Job to be tested by the devil. Yeah. And and the devil just takes everything, you know, like, afflicts him with, like, all these physical ailments, you know, like, his family's dead, you know, he's got nothing, goes from, like, top of the food chain to, like, you know, just literally like depravity, you know what I mean? Just, yeah. And I said, but he leaves one thing. Mm -hmm. And Ryan said, what's that? 
I said, you know, God left Job's nagging wife. <laughs> and Ryan just started laughing, and he's like, you know, I'm glad God has our sense of humor. <laughs> because that was, we just thought that was both hilarious to, like, takes everything but leaves the one thing that, like, jo- and one time Job's like, you know, his wife is, I don't know, you know, saying something to him, Joe's like, hey, cut it out, you know, just leave me alone over here, you know, I'm just trying to get through it, you know, and I just thought that was hilarious, <laughs> uh, Ryan did too. Well, what's cool is when you can be around somebody and they have the same sense of humor and you spend most of your time so lighthearted and laughing and finding humor and things, it's just so good for your soul and so good, it's really good for your body too. But it's just... It's Ryan was hilarious. Oh, it's such a good feeling. I, 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 I have to tell you this one time. So I wasn't there. Ryan told me what happened. Okay. So he was at, he was in San Francisco taking the train somewhere, and this little kid on the train is sitting adjacent from Ryan and looks at him and looks at Ryan and says to his the kid's mother, like, you know, Mom, what happened to that guy? Look at his eye. And, like, he's right there. I mean, you know, it's like Ryan's like, yeah, I'm right here. And um, the whole train ride... For, like, four stops, the kid's like, but what happened, you know? And, you know, he has no... So finally, they get off at the same stop together. And the kid walks right up to Ryan and says, Mr., what happened to your eye? Mm -hmm. And Ryan stopped, leaned down, you know, approximated where he was, and said to the kid, kind of whispered to him, never run with scissors. <laughs> and Ryan said the kid was terrified. He started crying. But I just love that, you know. I just thought that was, for some reason, I thought that was hilarious, you know, because I could just see Ryan doing it, you know. And, you know, that was Ryan. He could have said, well, I was a Navy SEAL, but he just made a joke of it, you know. He just. He just thought it was funny to say things like that. He was just, I mean, it was just such a great sense of humor. It was just so much fun just, you know, just hanging around with Ryan Joe. He just had such a great sense of humor. And I think that was his greatest weapon. Just, you know, he, he was so, he would say things that just would, people would just bust out laughing, you know. And he would laugh with you. It was just so that was one of the greatest things about Ryan. That's one of the things I, I really missed the most is like there was just so many funny things that that um that, you know, I talked to his friends who serve with him and people who know him and like during the conversation they'll tell a story about Ryan and we will all be laughing, just laughing hysterically about some of the stuff that Ryan would do and say. It was just he was just literally one of the funniest people I've ever come across in my life. Oh, that's so. He was just cool. hilariously funny. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. And what's really awesome is your book is a tribute to such an incredible man who who sacrificed a lot, and and I loved the way you also depicted in in your book, you know, how strong the Navy SEAL bond is, and how they have each other's back even, you know, long after the fight, and long after they're serving together, you know, it's a, it's a family, and it's just, you know, you really, as much as he was a good friend for you, you were just as good of a friend for him in the tribute that you paid him with this book, it's just really amazing, it's an amazing story of his life, as well as yours, and how it all was entangled, and just God's divine intervention so many times. It's just, 
it's awesome. You did a you did a justice, an awesome justice for a friend. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Miss. That was uh, I really wanted to honor Ryan and honor the people he loved and respected. And and um, you know, during the you know when I was writing it, you know, I laughed, I cried, but it was I really just wanted to honor Ryan, you know, and to um, to tell people how much he meant to me and how much he meant to a lot of other people, and and uh, to share you know the story of our friendship and what you know what lasting effect he had on my life. And I was very grateful for that. So that's why I wanted to write the book. Well, and I thought of that being a writer myself, how that had to feel writing that book. I mean, I can only imagine, I, I, I know what I felt reading it. So I only can imagine what, you know, got stirred while you were writing it. But I, we're running out of time now, Robert, but I can't thank you enough for joining me today. This was such an awesome interview. And, um, I'm going to leave the floor to you to give my audience your last words and any thoughts you may have or inspiration um, to those out there. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, I just, you know, for those of you who want to learn more about Ryan Joe Love so you can buy the book, there's a website, awarriorsfaith.com, and you can see images of Ryan, his seal, uh, his, um, uh, his kind of Mount Rainier, he also was a, a great hunter, and uh, he went elk hunting while blind. Mm-hmm. The book, um, if, the book would be uh, gratefully. Costco has actually picked up the book, so I have a book signing tour nationwide at Costco's. You can buy the book online at various, you know, websites, including Amazon.com. But yeah, I appreciate if you, you know, would uh, honor Ryan by uh, by buying the book or at least reading the story and and um, spreading his word. I mean, it's uh, uh, Ryan was a Christian and. Um, he was saved by the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And um, if one person is changed by Ryan's story, then it is all worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thank you very much for having me. Thank you for the veterans who have uh, served and, and um, served my family and my country. So I'm really grateful for their service. Yes. Very good words. And I will have links, folks, in the show notes for everything. And you will see a lot more of Robert Vera's information on our website the book will be featured on our website, uh, as well as Camp Patriot. So, Robert, thank you again. This was such a treat. And everyone, thank you so much for joining me. And until next week, you guys take care and God bless. You're listening to the Mountain Woman Radio Show, where you will learn something new every week. We hope you enjoyed the show and encourage you to join us at treyerwilderness.com And be sure to connect with us on iTunes. Remember, your reviews on iTunes are very important to us and help us reach more people just like you.